Good morning, everyone. If I were to ask you what is your full name, you would give me both your first and your last names. Your first name is the name that your parents gave you and what people usually call you by. And your last name shows the family you belong to and sometimes even the level of education and financial expectations that are placed upon you as you're growing up. Both are very important for our life. It is, and also shows the responsibility that we have towards ourselves and for others. If our parents smoked as we are growing up, there is probably a higher chance that we will have asthma. And if our parents spent all their time reading or listening to classical music, there is a higher chance that we will like classical music or like to read. Our family affects us in so many ways, in ways that we know, and also in ways that we aren't even aware of. Of course, things are more complicated than that, but we are definitely influenced and, and affected by our surroundings and how and where we are raised. We are influenced, but of course not limited by our upbringing. Because even if our parents made very good choices as we were growing up, we have the choice to make bad ones. And even if our parents have made some bad decisions, we are not limited by their decisions and the past of our family. So regardless of who we are, regardless of what we are doing, regardless of how we are living, who we are, that simple question of our name and who we are, is a rather complicated combination of decisions that we make individually and also decisions that others have made for us. Therefore, it's always important to remember that we carry both a personal and a family name. Our first name indicates and reflects our personal decisions, our personal responsibility, and our reputation as individuals. And our family name reminds us that who we are also consists of who our family is. A healthy life, a healthy personality consists of a balance of keeping the both together, of keeping both a personal and a family responsibility in our day-to-day -day life. The Bible emphasizes this throughout. It emphasizes the importance of us making good decisions as individuals, but also it emphasizes a need for us to see our life within the larger picture of our responsibility to others, to our family, and to society. We are individuals, but we don't live as individuals, isolated individuals in the world. This is such an important theme in the Bible that the word family, the actual word family, appears 159 times, and the word household appears 128 times throughout the Bible. Of course, the whole Bible is about salvation of individuals and of a family. So if we were to look at every variance, we would get into the thousands of times. And in fact, today's readings emphasize the importance of personal decisions 
and also the importance of family decisions. Today's gospel is about a man who was born blind. What was the first question that people asked? They wondered whether he was born blind because of his personal sins or the sins of his parents. What does Jesus answer? He says, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. Jesus shows that the past can be irrelevant if we are ready to move on. Jesus heals the blind man, and both he and his family rejoice. His father brought him to Jesus, and at the end, both rejoice. We also find an emphasis on the unity of the family in today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Lydia heard Paul's message, opened her heart, and the Acts of the Apostles tells us she was baptized along with her household, not just as an individual. Her and her household were baptized. And then the latter part of the reading tells us the prison guard asks Paul and Silas, men, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas tell him, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then the guard invites him to his house to meet his entire family. And when Paul and Silas spoke the word of the Lord to them, The guard took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once with all his family. This emphasis on the importance and unity of the household is actually not just in the New Testament. We, in fact, find it throughout the Old Testament, going back right to the book of Genesis, where God... What is the first thing that he do after he creates creation, uh, the plants and the trees and air? He creates a family. He creates Adam and Eve and their family. And then, when humanity sins, God tells Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that, our, that, you, that your, you are righteous before me in this generation. Once again, the focus is on the individual, but also the individual within his larger household. And that salvation, that faith, that our responsibility extends beyond just who we are. All these remind us that faith is personal. It's about a personal relationship with God. But it's not private. Faith is not something that we keep to ourselves or live simply behind closed doors. We grow in faith for ourselves because that's what God has invited us to do, to grow in a relationship with him. But also we grow in faith for others to learn how to appreciate and to serve others in a much better way. This theme, once again, found also throughout the New Testament. This idea of being saved with the household is found all the way in the Gospel of John where in one of the stories, the father knew that was the hour when Jesus has said to him, your son will live, 
And he himself believed and his entire household. And then in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, Peter will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. And finally, the quote that I will mention, although, as I said, there are many more, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. So therefore, we see that a very important theme in the church is to live our life, to live our faith personally, but also to realize that we grow in faith along with everyone else in our household. And that is one of the reasons why we as Catholics baptize children. Sometimes people ask that question. They say, why do Catholics baptize children? The number one reason we baptize children is because that is how the early church and the Acts of the Apostles baptized. They baptized individuals who came to faith, but also baptized the entire household along with them because it was assumed that faith was not a private thing. Faith is something that you grow in personally, but also you grow and share with your entire household. There are two very important lessons in this theme of the household and the family throughout the Bible. Number one, we need to make very good personal decisions. A community, a family, a society cannot be strong if every individual in that community is not making good decisions. Second, we need our family and we need our surroundings to strengthen us and we need to remember that we have a responsibility to others. We cannot grow independently. We cannot live independently. If you think of all the things that you had to do to come to church today, from getting dressed to washing your hair to having a shower, the water that you used this morning was water that was provided to you. The roads that you drove on were roads that somebody else paved. The clothes that you, bought, you, you are wearing are either clothes that you bought or somebody bought for you, and most certainly the clothes that you are wearing are, are clothes that someone else made for you. We are individuals, but also we are a community, a family, a society, where we live individual strengths, but we also live our responsibility towards others. And in fact, the word church literally means a family. You know, uh, original words end up getting translated over and over into different cultures. But the original word for the church in the New Testament is ecclesia, or ecclesial community. You may have heard that term. What does that mean? It comes from two, gra from, from two Greek words, ek, or ex, out of, and the last word is kalein, which sounds like and is related to the English word call. So what is a church? A church is a group of people who are called out of individuality to form a community. Unfortunately, the word church today in English comes from the German word Kirche, which actually ended up being used and associated with a building, which is only part of the picture. We gather in a church, but we are actually a church that gathers in a church. A church is not simply the building and the walls. So it's really important to see 
our concept of the church as being the gathering of the community. And why are you here this morning? Because we cannot be a church without your presence. If I'm here by myself, that is not the church. The church is all of us setting aside everything we're working on, everything that we're busy with, and gathering as an ecclesial community called out of our individuality. St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually you are members of it. This is not only a healthy understanding of the church, but it's also a healthy understanding of family, of society, and what it means to be a healthy person within the, within the church and within the society. I'll close off by using an analogy that the church and our faith is not like riding on a kayak, but rather it is like being on a rowing team. When you're in a kayak, you're by yourself. Whatever waves hit you, you're responsible for yourself. And whatever direction you get to, you're perfectly and solely an exclusive one-man show. But the church society is not like that. The church and society is like a rowing team where everybody needs to be strong and everybody needs to be rowing in unison. So overall, we remember and the, the focus of today's gospel is that family life and societal life is important. But family and society and the church cannot grow without everyone taking their responsibility and their special role in that community. We need to focus today on individual strength, but also team and communal strength. We need to focus on individual achievement, but also we need to focus on social responsibility and how we relate to others. We often think of Jesus, and in fact, Jesus is our Savior. And the word Jesus literally means he who saves. But what is Jesus saving us from? Have you ever thought of that? We say that Jesus is our Savior. What is Jesus saving us from? We often say that Jesus saves us from sin, which is correct. But Jesus also saves us from ourselves. He saves us from individuality, from individualism. He strengthens us as individuals, but saves us from an isolated individualism. This is what it means to be in a church, to be in a society, to be a responsible member of society. A healthy family, a healthy church, a healthy society consists of strong individuals, but strong individuals who come together to work in unison to form a strong community. So if I were to ask you, what is your name? It's always good to remember that you have a first name and you also have a family name.